Hello and welcome to episode two of the Formula Focus podcast. Thank you so much for coming back. I am your host, Chloe Logan, and I am once again joined by my good friend and Racing Post journalist, Owen Goulding. Hi, Owen. How are you? Yeah, not doing too bad. How about you? I'm okay. I feel like we've got a lot to talk about from last week. So we I feel do. Like maybe we should just get straight into it. Yeah, there's plenty to discuss after a pretty uh, hectic round of racing in Bahrain. Hectic is definitely one word for it, for sure. Yeah, I think it's the polite way of putting it. Um, carnage, chaos, and another word beginning with C if I wanted alliteration that I can't think of. I think, looking at the F1 though, there's one main talking point. And it, I think we've just got to start with Red Bull. Yeah. Capitulation, I think, is the uh, correct word for that. I'm really on it with there's, the C's today. There's your third C. Yeah, there we go. Now. Um, what happened? Well, technically, if we're going into the technicals, they had a fuel pickup issue, um, which obviously DNF'd both their cars in the end. Um, it was a brilliant fight, I think, first of all, kind of looking at it generally. It was a brilliant fight between Leclerc and Verstappen. And I think if we have a whole season of that, I'll be very, very happy indeed because that racing between those two was fantastic. But yeah, Red Bull seemed to have shot themselves quite brutally in the foot given that they were the only team really who had any reliability problems in Bahrain. Yeah, it really is. That really does seem to be the case. And I think, like you mentioned, the battle that was going on with Verstappen and Leclerc, it was sort of reminding me a lot of last season with Verstappen and Hamilton. It was very... yeah aggressive like on the edge and if that's what it's going to be like for the rest of the season i think we're going to be in for a really good season between those two drivers um obviously they did have reliability issues i think from a spectator's point of view we all kind of want them to not have those issues throughout the whole season but then we have seen it in the past before like Mercedes back in 2016 they had reliability issues that plagued them plagued them throughout the season and it really did shape their season didn't it and I feel like it we've seen it with Red Bull last weekend and I feel like it could potentially be their turn this year which like I said not necessarily we want to see but I feel like it could happen yeah, I think I said before, there's an element of shooting themselves in the foot and they, they're not going to get away with it this season. I mean, that Ferrari looked absolutely bulletproof in the first race and the actual Ferrari PU looks incredible, which is something that we haven't been able to say for a good couple of years now. Um, obviously, all the teams that were struggling last weekend, which we'll get to in a second, um, were all Mercedes-powered. So I, I think, yeah, I, I think obviously Red Bull aren't Mercedes-powered, um, but... As I say, I, I think just the, the fact that the Ferrari's PU is so strong, I don't think Rebel and Honda are going to get away with having such rel unreliability throughout the whole season. I, I don't think, judging by the first round, I don't think those sort of kind of reliability issues that we've had in previous regulations are going to rear their ugly head again. I think it is going to be kind of more about raw pace than anything else. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's just... A bit of a shock, though, seeing Red Bull on zero points and down at the bottom with um, Williams and... McLaren. McLaren. Got which some is big probably... names down at the bottom of the constructors at the moment, which 
Yeah, we they're didn't think they'd be fighting for last place, did we? No, we did not. That is for sure. But obviously, we did both say last week that Ferrari were looking quite strong going into the race. Yeah. And clearly, they've got the car right this year. Those massive side pods done the yep. trick. Yep. And, you know, I think we've got to give some credit to Mercedes. They did, I think, given how far they were off in qualifying, we were concerned they could be a bit... You know, they could be struggling going to the race, but they did salvage third and fourth. Yeah, that was kind of due to Red Bull's capitulation as well, but they weren't exactly far off. I mean, Perez was in quite a fierce battle with Hamilton and Russell at the time. Um, so I, I think Mercedes, as they always do, will keep developing and they'll get the, they'll claw their way back to the front. Um, so maybe the, the lack of side pods isn't kind of a, isn't a dead in the water just yet. Maybe not, but obviously I think all the teams would have learned a lot from last weekend. Obviously, it's the first race of the season. No one really knows where they stand. Um, and I think as much as it's, it is a quick turnaround, because obviously we're going racing this weekend, um, I think they would have maybe tried to make some improvements and some changes to be able to fight a little bit closer to the to the Ferraris and the Red Bulls. Um, yeah, I think that's what we'd all want to see. So it is a three three horse race so to speak um i feel like we'll see that develop over time more than yeah, just 100%. going straight into this weekend yeah i think it's going to be a case of mercedes will catch up eventually um i'd be more concerned about how far off mclaren are to be honest i mean we were all expecting it to be a four horse race this season and they look like they're going to struggle to get points let alone podiums and race wins yes it is a that is probably one of the bigger shocks so far of the season. I mean, I say the season, we've had one race. Um, but neither drivers for McLaren picking up points, which Norris I feel like we're not used to. Very early on as well, which was quite a surprise given how strong he looked last season. He was lapped within about, what, I think half race distance, um, yeah. which is quite remarkable. Um, before it gets, we forget to mention it as well, Haas, they were... Um, they had mega. a blinder. It was amazing. Kevin Magnussen, you know, he, he was just incredible on his comeback. I mean, I don't think anyone could have expected him to do as well as he did. Can we just say, I called it. You did. I'll give you that. My bold prediction from last week came true. He did play a bit of a blinder. Obviously, Chumac had finished 11th, but he did have damage after Ocon pirouetted him on the first lap. So I think we can kind of give him the benefit of the doubt on that one. Yeah, I um, think... He was very he was very close to getting the points, which would have been amazing for Haas as a team to get both cars in uh, the points. And obviously, they are currently sat fifth in the constructors, which, after the past couple of seasons that they've had, is quite remarkable. It is very remarkable. I think it's going to be that that midfield looked very tight. I mean, I don't think there was much between Alfa Romeo, Alfa Tauri, Alpine, and Haas, which was quite nice to see. I think we're going to have quite a nice Formula 1 and Formula 1.5 this season. Formula 1.5. Well, talking of different, creating new formulas, should we move on to Formula 2 and their race last week? I think we should. What yeah. happened? <laughs> I've forgotten. <laughs> well, after me saying that Thierry Pocher was having some struggles, he ended up going and winning the feature race just to shut me up. Um, 
I, I think that the biggest shout out from the feature has to go to Yuri Vips, who would have easily won that race had he not been given the world's worst pit stop when out in a mega lead. Um, I think he was obviously very unlucky. So How I think he's 14.5 seconds, I think, off the top of my head. Yeah, um, that feels like um, when, was it Danny Rick in Monaco when he yeah. was going to win it and then it he ended up losing it because of the pit stop? Exactly that. It's and he got was, those sort of vibes, hasn't it? It does, and he was only beaten one point seven seconds, so oh, I think he gets that. the he gets the 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 F two shout out of the week. Um, he he definitely should have won that feature race, and I'd be very interested to see how he kind of develops this season because I think he's going to be the one who replaces Sonoda at AlphaTauri next season. So, I mean, yeah. he has been looking quite strong from what we've seen so far. He's I feel like he's definitely one of the drivers who's up there at the moment, isn't he? Yeah, exactly that. Um, obviously, Liam Lawson also had a good race into second. I think he had a bit of misfortune as well. Um, and obviously, Boshong was up there, Armstrong, Djokovic, um, Sergeant and Nisani as well. So I think it was fairly... I think the result was fairly expected. I think the right drivers came to the fore, which is good for the, the season itself. I think it's going to be another close and competitive F2 season by the looks of it. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, was the race as chaotic as we're used to seeing in f2 um it, it wasn't as chaotic as usual i don't think um i think it was more kind of the pit stop calamities and some actually very good racing i think um there wasn't too many incidents bar a couple of first lap skirmishes um which again is nice to see um but yeah, I I think we obviously we're gonna get that chaos at some point. It always comes with F two. It's kind of par for the course. But it it was I a very we've seen, we've I think we've seen part of that chaos today. But we'll come on to that later. We will. But I mean, I think we can see the quality that there is in F two with the fact that the person who qualified first last weekend didn't then on go didn't then go on to win either of the races, which. I mean, we're so used to seeing that in F1 that the fact that's not happening in F2 shows how close the field is, really, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly that. I think with F2 and F3, you can't get away with any mistakes. Um, and obviously that was evidenced with Vips being so far out in front, having one bad pit stop and being completely um, annexed from the... nearly annexed off the podium because of it. So, you know, it, it's that's, it's an unforgiving series, so... Hopefully, we'll keep seeing this racing moving forward. Um, it'd be nice if we can go through an entire season without the kind of utter carnage we're used to. I think, as you said, I think the driver standards have improved massively as well, which is evidenced by the first round, I'd say. But then, if we don't see the carnage, does it lose its sort of spark in that sense? Because we're so used to seeing it. Is that what draws the fans back to F2 all the time? Um, I think possibly, but I think pure from a purist perspective, I'd rather see good racing and close battles rather than two people careering into the back of each other for no reason on the first lap because they think they can win it immediately off the rip. Um, that I think, is very true. Yeah, yeah I, I think I'd much prefer that, if I'm honest. Um, I think as racing fans, people would want to see racing and close racing, but then obviously there's a line between close racing and pushing the line and as we've seen in formula one not just formula two and i feel like in formula two it is that it's a bit it's a bit more cutthroat and it's a bit with a little bit more on the edge which is why we do then see the crashes yeah 100%. Red flags and 
at the end of the day, it's a feature, you know, it's a feeder series. So, you know, there's a lot of pressure for these guys to be able to show what they can do to get into F1 when there's, I think as we discussed last week, there's a, there's not many seats up for grabs going into next season and possibly the next season after that as well. So, you know, people are going to get the elbows out to prove themselves, which I think is understandable. And obviously now we've spoken a little bit about F2, should we move on to F3 in their race last weekend? Yep, and I think it was um, as expected. Obviously, I, I I mentioned that Prema were kind of off the pace in qualifying, and then once again, as Porcher did, Leclerc proved me wrong and threw a Prema into second place. Um, it, it was an interesting race. Obviously, Victor Martin Martins won the feature. Um, he was one point five seconds ahead of Leclerc, and then there was a little bit of a gap to the rest. The, the actual race was kind of dominated by, by ART cars, which isn't too surprising. I think them and Prema have been fairly dominant in recent seasons. Um, pole sitter, Colapinto, he dropped into fifth in the end, but that's still a very good result for Van Amersfoort, given that that's their I, first, you know, their first yeah, race in as, the injuries. I think as we said last week, like the fact that they were even up there and on pole in their first entry into the series was a massive achievement for them. Like both for the driver and for the team and then to finish fifth in the first race is it's sort of we're so not used to it like i can't really find the words to explain it it's yeah it's it's, it's brilliant it just doesn't happen these days does it no and i think one thing as well with collar pinto obviously i think with the feeder series it, it, there are stock you know they're meant it's meant to be a stock series the cars are meant to be fairly equal but they aren't really um, so the, the kind of best comparison is with teammates and the fact that Colapinto was fifth and the next Van Amersfoort car was in 12th and t- nearly 14 seconds back shows just how how well he did in that first race. Same comments apply to Leclerc as well. He was an absolute country ahead of um, Behrman who finished sixth about 14 seconds back. So I think those two were probably the stars of the week. Obviously Martins won the race so he, he gets a, you know, a fair shout out but... I think those two, Leclerc and Colapinto, really were the kind of stars of the show last week. Okay, so obviously we've just covered uh, F2 and F3 and everything that went on last weekend. But like I said, we have got a race this weekend, even though there is a little bit of uncertainty around it at the moment. Yes. At current time of recording. But nevertheless, we will look ahead in the hope that it does all go ahead as planned. So, let's start with F1, shall we? Yeah. Obviously, once again, Ferraris, they're showing their pace. You've got Leclerc up there in as setting the fastest time in FP2 with uh, signs in third. Again, split by Max, same as last week's qualifying. Ferrari are having a great start to the season. Yeah, I mean, obviously from pre-season, we kind of expect them to be you know, up there and going well, but we didn't quite expect them to be this dominant early on. I mean, maybe dominance isn't the right word, but for Ferrari, this is something very new. I'm starting for Ferrari, to... dominance, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I, I am starting to get very worried that the the whole um, Leclerc, Verstappen, signs is going to be the new Hamilton, Bottas, Verstappen. Um, I, I think we were so used to seeing that in the last two or three years. I think we might end up uh, having the same with those three guys, but... Obviously, Sainz has been doing really well as well. Um, obviously, he wasn't quite on Leclerc's level in the first race. But it's that consistency that's going to draw him into a title fight, I think. 
Um, yeah, for sure. Um, and like I already alluded, like mentioned earlier, um, the fight that we saw with Leclerc and Verstappen last weekend, if that yeah. continues throughout the season, that is literally going to... I can see it becoming not necessarily to the same level as what we saw with Hamilton and Verstappen last year, but coming very close, I think... Verstappen would have learnt from last year and not necessarily make the same, I guess you could call the mistakes that he made with Hamilton last year, but I think it could be just as an aggressive battle between Leclerc and Verstappen this year as we saw last year. Yeah, I, I think, I don't know whether it's the right word, but I'm going to go with it anyway. I think there was elements of kind of desperation with Verstappen last season. Um, that was perfectly illustrated in Saudi Arabia, ironically, last year, where he kind of literally through the kitchen sink at Hamilton um, to try and beat him that weekend. I, I think there's been, there were elements of that throughout the season in those kind of really getting his elbows out and showing a kind of lack of respect for Hamilton. I, I think there's a kind of different dynamic between him and Leclerc. Um, I think those two have kind of come to blows before. Obviously there was that incident in Austria a couple of years ago where Leclerc felt like Verstappen pushed him off the track, but they kind of let bygones be bygones after that. You know, and then I, I think, think there's that level of respect that those two have, which Verstappen and Hamilton didn't have, which I think yeah, will help I in a battle. That might, I don't know, obviously, we don't know for sure, but I think it could, that level of respect could be there because they came up through the series together. They are yeah, of the same sure. generation of driver. Um, so they've known, they've raced each other for years, whereas obviously Verstappen and Hamilton. There is the age difference between them. There is the generational difference, therefore, with when they came into the sport. Um, whereas, obviously, Leclerc and Verstappen, they raced in a, in lower series together. Um, and I think that does come into it partly. Yeah, definitely. I, I, as I said, I, I think after the race, Verstappen kind of, you know, when Leclerc was doing his media interviews, he came over to Leclerc and shook his hand and, you know, congratulated him. I don't think there would have been similar if it had been Hamilton in the same position. I think there is that different dynamic and that different respect level between them, purely because I think... And that's not to say that Hamilton doesn't necessarily respect Hamilton. I think there's just a different level of kind of... You know, there's a different level between them because Leclerc obviously came up in the series with him. I think you just said Hamilton doesn't respect Hamilton. I don't know. I might have misheard. Possibly. Just, just to be clear... You don't think Verstappen necessarily respects Hamilton the same way he does Leclerc. Yeah, yeah. I, I think there is obviously, there is a, an element of respect between the two, but they're, they're not comparable, I don't think, personally. And obviously, you did mention what happened last year in Saudi Arabia. I feel like we do need to touch on it. It was a very big moment. I mean, there yeah. was that collision. Um, and the constant battle between Verstappen and Hamilton throughout the entire race. But obviously it did set up that magical climax to the season. Yeah. Um, but obviously this year, rather than it being the penultimate race, it's the second race. So we've got a completely different dynamic surrounding this weekend. Um, but it is still the fastest street track, isn't it? Yeah, uh, I think. Yeah, I I'm pretty sure that is the case. Um <laughs> I, I think looking at it's very fast and I think that could I mean there's gonna be safety cars, there's probably gonna be a red flag. Um 
whether Verstappen and Leclerc can have the same sort of battles and get away with it um, in Saudi Arabia, I don't know. Um, it, it's going to be an interesting weekend. I think the, the racing was good last season, and obviously we had that massive flashpoint, as you said. Um, obviously, we aren't likely to have that again this season, you know, two races in rather than penultimate. I think I would also hope that Verstappen has sort of learned his lesson and wouldn't necessarily... Obviously, I'm not saying change your racing style. I'm just saying don't be, don't push it to that point that you did last year. I um, think he will. <laughs> you think he'll he'll force someone off the track and brake test them? Um. Well, the brake <laughs> test will. We'll, we won't get Was into it even that. Even a brake test. There's a bit of. Yeah, I, I don't think it was a brake test. I think it was more of a misunderstanding. Um. Nevertheless. <laughs> Um, I, I, I think the, the more kind of point I was trying to make with, with Verstappen, I don't think he's going to change his driving style. He's going to still send it into corners where he perhaps shouldn't. I mean, you saw that in Bahrain. Yeah. He threw that. I mean, you know. I agree that he should still be aggressive and not necessarily change his style, but I think we'll see a different style of battle with Leclerc because obviously we have touched on there is that slight level of respect with Leclerc and Leclerc also knows how Verstappen drives and like we saw it um at Silverstone last year obviously Hamilton and Verstappen had that crash at Silverstone last year but when it came to Leclerc he went about it in a different way to Verstappen so that he knew he didn't end up in the same situation and I think you that could sort of be the case this weekend with Saudi Arabia like I think Leclerc will go about it in a different way obviously he is a different driver to Hamilton um, they are different people at the end of the day. But I think you will see a fight, but it will be a different type of fight. It won't be so right on that millimetre line, if that makes sense. Yeah. I, I it'll be a close battle, but not touching, bumping front to back of cars close. I don't know. Uh, as I say, I think it's... With Verstappen, you never really know what you're going to get. Um, he was very calm and collected in Bahrain, which surprised me quite a bit. Um, there were times, I mean, obviously he had that one kind of mad move up the inside, which didn't work and locked up and nearly went off the track. But other than that, he was kind of very measured in his approach. Whether we're going to have that for the entire season, I'd probably say not. But I would say we're not going to have that just because I we all, know, we all see how Verstappen is as a driver and he is quite an aggressive driver so him being calm and collected is quite aggressive so nice way of putting it his style yeah you say calling him aggressive is putting it nicely yeah I, I, I'd say quite aggressive is playing it down a little bit okay well I've said it I think he's a little bit aggressive but there are, don't get me wrong, there are other aggressive drivers on the track. It's just the way they then go about it, I think, is the difference. Yeah, yeah. I I, I just hope we kind of, this level of respect between the two keeps up for the rest of the season. Um, I worry that if Ferrari do keep up this kind of dominance and Red Bull do kind of keep shooting themselves in the foot, whether Verstappen will start to get frustrated and move back towards how he acted towards the end of last season. Um. It's whether... definitely a possibility, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I'm hoping I'm just being cynical in that sense, but I, I just really want to see good battles between the two. Obviously, we saw what you know what can happen in Bahrain, 
and that's what we want to see for the whole season. Okay, well, I feel like we've spoken a lot about Verstappen and Leclerc. Yes. I just want to quickly touch on the fact that, obviously, last year you had Bottas finish third in the race, and in FP1, he was third again in the Alfa Romeo, which, nice to see what we see as a middle team up there and, you know, setting some good times. Yeah, I mean, if Hamilton wasn't sick of Bottas in a Mercedes, he's getting very sick of him in an Alfa Romeo, I'd imagine. Um, he just keeps, he seems to keep popping up in the places where Hamilton wants to be. Um, but no, it is good to see. And I think I probably am guilty of underestimating Bottas this season. I thought he'd kind of struggle to make an impact, but he's really, you know, he's putting that car on the bleeding edge and really he seems to have found a sweet spot with it. And hopefully that will continue into the, into kind of later on in the season. Um I think he's one of those drivers who's very capable of picking up the pieces in the midfield when things kind of, when you have like a hungry last season where Ocon kind of, you know, was in the right place at the right time. I think Bottas is that type of driver. I think if there's chaos in one of the races, he'll probably be one who'll yeah. pick up the pieces and Saudi Arabia could be a race like that. So that'd be interesting yeah, to see. Bottas is one of the drivers on the grid who is very calm and is able to, he's like quite calm and collected on the track. He doesn't let things phase him he just does what he needs to do yeah i think my only worry is his racecraft judging by how he started in bahrain his racecraft clearly hasn't improved from what it was when he was in the mercedes and i just worry if that's gonna hinder him in a kind of midfield fight going forward um maybe again that's me being a bit cynical but obviously with kind of how close it is in the midfield you can't be sat behind a car for five laps kind of mulling over an overtake and Bottas has been quite guilty of that in the past um I do want to quickly touch on Mercedes and McLaren because obviously they have not necessarily had a great start to the season no when it comes to free practice especially and also McLaren in general really um obviously in P1 in FP1 sorry you had George and in, down in 15th, uh, Lando in 13th, Ricardo in P11 and Lewis in P9. So for all of them, it wasn't a great first practice. But then Mercedes managed to turn it around a little bit. Um, well, both teams did, to be honest, um, come second practice. Apart from Ricardo, because he went down into 15th. You had Lando up in P7, George P6 and Lewis P5. So the three of them do look quite close, the three Brits on the grid. But again... Mercedes look a little bit off the pace and McLaren, uh, they feel like they're dropping back a little bit, don't they? Yeah, I'm going to bring out my favourite word here, but Mercedes do like to sandbag quite a bit in practice sessions. I um, love it. I do. Um, it's got to be mentioned at least once a podcast. But I, I just think with Mercedes, they'd never show their true pace in practice. Um, I wouldn't be too concerned with them. I would be very concerned, however, with McLaren. Um I think even in Bahrain, they showed a fair amount of pace in practice and then dropped off a cliff in qualifying in the race. So I'm going to wait with bated breath to see whether they can keep it up for qualifying. Obviously, Ricardo's just having an absolutely miserable time at the moment, um, which is really disappointing because I think when we discussed in Bahrain, he was the driver you needed to see stepping up. And I don't really know how McLaren are going to kind of deal with that. I mean, if, if he has another really bad season, is that curtains for ricardo obviously that's a discussion for another time but i don't 
that's a discussion that I don't want us to ever have to have. But no, no. You know. but... but um, yeah. Let's just hope and cross our fingers that McLaren can pick it up and turn things around. Because I think it would be nice, like you said, I think it'd be nice to see what we all thought was going to be a four-horse race this season. Yeah, exactly. And hopefully, Haas can obviously throw themselves into the mix again. Um, Alpine they just P five. Yeah. <laughs> exactly and I, I think alpine as well because we haven't really touched on them obviously i gave them a lot of stick in my um pre-season predictions um and kind of going into bahrain as well but they performed fairly well and ocon had some great pace towards the end of bahrain so hopefully they can keep that up as well i think they were quite a surprise for me um um, and then also, we do have a F2 race this weekend. There is no F3, so we will quickly talk about F2 this weekend. Obviously, Drogovic, in qualifying, clinched P1 within the last minute of the session. Um, but it was a very red flag-filled session, wasn't it? Yeah, there was a bit of... Um, I think there was quite a few crashes in practice, and that bleeded into qualifying as well. Obviously, that lap from Drogovic at the end was absolutely mega. He was on pole by over two tenths. Um, which is, you know, a fair old gap considering Rashaw was two tenths back and then there was another four tenths back to do and inferred. I think those two really kind of showed their class in that qualifying session. Um, obviously, I mentioned before about the potential for chaos. Um, given we that, saw it today, didn't we? Yeah, and I think that could bleed into the race as well. Um, obviously, there's it's probably going to be the same with F1 as well. I'm not just saying this just because it's F2, but I'm hoping well, I that... Think it is... It is that sort of track, though. We saw it last year. Um, I think this track does have the potential for it to be one where we do see safety cars, we do see yellow flags, we do see red flags. Um, but then also, like we have mentioned, F2 does have that element to it. Yeah. Which we've clearly seen today. I think there's going to be an element of survival in the, the feature race, especially. Um, I think it isn't necessarily going to be run on war, on raw pace. I think there could be some drivers who kind of luck into other people's mistakes. So I'll be interested to see if the likes of Vips and Hughes can kind of come come up from their fairly disappointing qualifying positions. I mean, you mentioned about surviving during the feature race. I, I believe, I could be wrong, but I think last season in Saudi Arabia, um, there was quite a few people went like crashed into each other on like the first couple of corners of the circuit. And there were yeah. quite a few red flags. And I feel like the race restarted three or four times. Yeah, I'm pretty um, correct. I just feel like I, feel like I remember seeing that. Yeah, I, I'm pretty Arabia sure you're correct. It was one of those... I, I think that is partly down to the track as well. Oh, yeah, you'll see similar in F1 as well. It's not kind of a F2-specific problem. Um, it's a very narrow street circuit with ridiculously high speeds. Um, you know, it's there's going to be crashes, there's going to be red flags, and then you know you've got to survive at the end of the day. Um, if you don't finish, you're not going to get any points, as Red Bull found out last weekend. So, I think it's, it is going to be who you know survival of the fittest to bring that kind of cliche into it. <laughs> okay, well, I feel like we've touched on everything we need to touch on. I feel like we had a lot to get in today. Um, we did. But I do want to know your top three for the F1 race this weekend. If it goes ahead, obviously. Yeah, fingers crossed, as I say. Obviously, the driver, um, you know, driver safety is the paramount thing at the end of the day. So if they don't feel like they can safely race, then obviously that's the uh, that's the important thing. That's the important yeah. thing. 
Um, top three wise, I'm going to go for Stappen to win the race. Um, I think Red Bull are probably masking their true pace in practice. I think they're really going to unleash a beast in qualifying. You know, street circuits have always been their thing, and it kind of masks their slight PU deficit to Ferrari um, with lots of high-speed corners. So I, I think Verstappen will clinch the win. I'm going to go for Leclerc in second to be boring, um, and Sainz in third. See, I was thinking I want to put those three in there as well, but I don't want to copy you. No, you had this problem I last week. A, we did have this problem last week. I want to put a Ferrari first, but I'm just having a little debate with myself who I want to put first. Ooh. Obviously, we did see Leclerc put the car into the barrier earlier today. So purely for that reason, I'm going to go out there and say Sainz is going to win the race. You think there's potential for Leclerc to be stupid in the race, do you? I do, especially if he gets caught up in a battle with Verstappen. I think that could then like potentially could potentially pick up damage, and that could then affect his race, which is why I'm going to say signs in first. Yeah, I, I like that as a as a science fan. I would take that. And then I'm much. It pains me a little bit. You're going to say Hamilton? Put Verstappen second. Oh, I thought you were going to put Hamilton in second. <laughs> no, I just obviously, like you said, street circuits are. Red Bull's thing. We've seen they've got pace. They have more pace than Hamilton. Well, than Hamilton than both Mercedes at the moment. Yeah. Um, although, I want to say Verstappen with an asterisk. <laughs> <laughs> you can't bring asterisks into this. Only because we have mentioned it. There is the potential for him to cause something to happen <laughs> that could potentially ruin his race ruin someone else's race it could red flag the race like but obviously it's where he finished last year despite everything that went on yeah. and i feel like if we do have a repeat of last year but it's leclerc substitute if the hamilton i think verstappen as much as he came second to like as a result of everything that happened last year, I think this year if he was in a similar situation, he would end up pipping Leclerc, which is why I'm then going to put Leclerc third. Yeah. So even if they do have a little battle and things don't go well for either of them, I think Verstappen might just come out slightly ahead of Leclerc, but I think it will be quite close. Yeah, I think it's going to be very close. And it'll be an interesting race. Um, Fingers crossed we get clean racing, but if Verstappen gets his elbows out like he did with Hamilton last season, I don't think Leclerc is going to give him quite as much room. So yeah, then there could if, be a flashpoint straight off this season. I think if last year's anything to go by, I don't think we're going to have very clean racing. But that's just yeah. based off last year. But on that yeah. point, bold prediction for the weekend. Ooh. Well, the, the thing is... Obviously, I've said that Verstappen is going to win the race. I think bold-wise, I'm actually going to say Verstappen and Leclerc to crash. Um, I don't think that's that bold, though. I think it's fairly bold this early I on in the season. I think they'll crash. I honestly think they'll, they'll touch. They'll have an incident. They might not then both crash into a wall, but that could also very well happen. Oh, no, I'm saying they're both... They knock each other out of the race. Like, they're out. I, I think that's fairly bold. If that's not bold enough, then I'll say both McLaren's at the bottom in, in 16th and 17th, like lower than Ooh. that. Oh, see, my bold prediction 
is going to counter that and say that McLaren will get some points. Now, obviously, in previous times, that's not even that bold. But from what we've seen so far this season, I think that is quite a bold prediction. Yeah, it's, it's fairly bold. Um, I think in that you case... One point. If, I'm if just you... going to say the same as what I did last week with Haas. Even if they just get one point... It's a point. It'll do. Well, then I'm going to counter your counter and say McLaren not to get any points because I feel like that's fairly bold still. Is it but... though with what we've seen? All right, well, I'll say bottom 14 then. <laughs> right, well, I feel like we've done a lot of talking today. We have. There's been a lot going on this week like with everything that happened last week. Um, and obviously it is a big race from everything that happened last year. But on that note, I think we should wrap it up there. I think we should. Thank you so much for listening once again, guys. Um, let us know your thoughts on this weekend. Um, what you think will happen. If you've got bold predictions, let us know what you think about our bold predictions. Let us know who you think is going to be right on the McLaren front, whether I'm going to be right and they're going to get some points, or Owen is going to be right and they don't get any again. Obviously, fingers crossed. We want to see them back up there. Um, and also let us know what you think of our top three predictions and let us know yours as well. So thank you so much for listening, guys, and we will catch you next time. <laughs>